right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio Podcast. This is episode 35. We will be doing subscriber questions and topics. But first, I want to talk a little bit about social engineering that we can see happening all over the place in real time right now. As a matter of fact, there's a number of shows on television that are making fun of how well the social engineering is working. And this specifically has to do with one of the main tenets of social engineering, which is to reduce variety. And specifically, what I'd like to address is the race baiting and the gender baiting. And uh, as we pulled into the election, the race baiting had already been in full swing and is always on and off in full swing. But the gender war uh, that media and other outlets are pushing, you can see it in real time almost everywhere. I talk to so many people lately where there's a marriage on the rocks, where couples are breaking up, people are having troubles, and then uh, one of the few, very few shows that I record is South Park um, because they address what's going on in real time. Uh, they're making fun of the gender war. They had an episode where the men and women went to Mars and the women had the men locked up in a mine so that they could be farmed for their semen and their comedy. Um, making fun of the fact that the social engineering is working so well. I would suggest that if you're a person that recognizes social engineering and you don't want to have anything to do with it, uh, we should embrace variety. People that are different from each of us individually, that's what brings variety into this world. And if we let the social engineers force us to focus on the differences between gender, between race, between any number of things, we can always find a problem if we look for it. And I would suggest that if we do the exact opposite, we begin to undermine the social engineering that is so, so prevalent. I don't know how many people out there are like me, but do you notice how many people, marriages, relationships, um, gender and race, how many people are at odds over these things? Um, and again, you can look at the media and see the social engineering um, that's pushing all this. And again, things like South Park, The Simpsons, other sitcoms, I just don't watch very many of them, but I am aware um, they are literally making comedy out of the fact that the social engineering is working so well. Anyhow, you know, that's my point. If people recognize what social engineering is, that one of the main goals of social engineering is to reduce variety and to compartmentalize and segment down society into controllable bite-sized chunks, um, go against the grain. Find what you have in common with others. Find what you can appreciate about others instead of falling into this baited trap uh, that is so prevalent right now between men and women and between different races. Anyhow, as we jump into episode 35 here, uh, I have a number of questions and topics that were uh, submitted by subscribers. And uh, one of the things I had put forward is that maybe we could address some ways to try to help people recognize fake news. Um, I don't watch a lot of mainstream media, but I do understand they're passing a fake news law, which seems to be aimed at people like me. Um, who are pointing out actually true fake news. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And uh, maybe in the following episode, uh, I don't have a confirmation yet, but I may have a guest that can talk about this more and certainly about the false news cycles, which are just rampant at this point. Anyhow, let's jump in. 
Okay, there's no time like the present. Let's do this thing. Uh, my first question comes from Budsy. Here's the comment. During your filming, do you think any of the things you captured could be the next generation secret military aircraft? The TR-3B really using anti-gravity or tech or just disinformation? I've heard looking at the night sky with decent night vision goggles shows up strange things. Any thoughts? Um, I'll take that backwards first. Yes, if you have good IR, uh, you will see things in the sky that you cannot see without them. Uh, they will appear to be mostly points of light, but you'll see a lot of interesting things. I'm going to preface my answer to your question, Budsy, by saying um, I have filmed a lot of strange things. Anyone who's been to my channel and looked all the way back through my very oldest clips has seen just the endless line of strange things I was able to film over about a four-year period of nearly nonstop filming. In my view, I don't think there's any exceptions to what I'm about to say. In my view, they're all in our atmosphere. Um... And also, in my view, they are all human technology, almost certainly. Uh, and while there are some very amazing clips, the shooting orb, the little vortex clip, there's a few um, that are amazing, but they're not amazing enough to even come close, in my view, to making the leap that we're not looking at human tech. Uh, you opened this question by asking if we're looking at military applications, and I think that's quite possible. Um, I mean, after all, the, the most well-funded institutions in this world at this point are probably, you know, places like the CIA or the military or branches or subsets of those organizations where they have the best technology and they're testing them. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the daytime filming chemtrails, and one thing I noticed was I began to see airplanes that were very difficult to see even under high magnification when I could see other chem planes painted white at a higher altitude easily. These planes that were at a lower altitude, it was almost like they had an adaptive paint job. And I had wished I had more footage to go at this better to kind of say one way or the other what was going on there. At this point, I kind of assume I was looking at adaptive paint jobs of some kind uh, that just made them more difficult to see. But I think it's quite likely that many of the things that we film have to do with the military-industrial complex. Um, but again, uh, I think almost everything you see filmed is much closer than the average person would suspect. And um, I can kind of prove that in a way uh, with my equipment, having had an optics expert value out a particular pixel, the width of a pixel at certain distances using the exact setup and video that I was using. Um, and what you find is once you measure the image that you took, if they were hundreds or thousands of miles away, they would be enormous. I mean, miles long in some cases. So I hope that answers your question. All right. The next one comes from Energy. And this looks like he's going to address directly um, some ideas that he has about what we could do to address false news, things like Sandy Hook or the Boston bombing, these types of things. Energy says, my idea for right now, for us, is to develop and publish a fake news identification cheat sheet. I think that's a good idea. Basic ideas and skills the average person can use to start building a skill set of identifying the nonsense. Energy states that he's not perfect at this, and it is a skill. And he has some bullet points here uh, of his ideas. My possible cheat sheet would be something like this. 
learn basic numerology. Amen to that, brother. Um, that is a skill set that every child should be taught now, that every letter in our alphabet has a numerical value, and there's more than one way to do it. But simple basic numerology, yes, I agree. And so he goes on to say in that same bullet point, do the names and headlines have numerology patterns? That's a great point. Number two, are there ties to SRI, Rand Corporation, or Tavistock? Um, if it's coming from mainstream media, uh, we can draw that line because there's only about five corporations and all the board members sit on those, uh, uh, in, in those, I don't even know what you'd call them, organizations. Number three, any 33rd degree Masons or dark occult positions associated? Number four, basic Masonic occult or black magic imagery being used. And again, he's talking about media pushing a news story here, things that you can look for. Number five, alphabet gang associations. Number six, are you being told how to feel instead of being encouraged to evaluate the evidence? Now, this is a good point, and I would take it a little bit further. If you snap yourself out of your tranced out mind when you're sitting in front of a TV or any media source, really, um, and you begin to logically look at how the information is being fashioned and delivered to you, you can start to pick up on what he's pointing out here, where are they trying to program me here or are they trying to get me to think about something here? Quite often, you'll find that they're simply trying to program you. All right, um, number seven, can you prove that the news source has never intentionally lied? If they ever have and didn't retract and come clean about it or make amends, then they cannot be trusted ever. That applies to politicians as well. Now, this is a point that I could not agree with more if I tried to. Um, once you've been lied to on the scale that a lie comes to us from like national media or local media, that's a pretty damn big lie and it doesn't even really matter what story we're talking about simply because of the number of people that will be affected by the lie. Um, so that is an important, important point to remember. Once you've been lied to by a source, they're out. They lose any inkling of trust that you would have ever offered them, and it would be just like a person you meet on the street. If you know a person who lies to you all the time, do you ever trust what they're going to say? Well, of course not. So why would any media agency be any different? Moving on, uh, number eight. Is there a researcher or news telling you how to feel about something instead of presenting evidence and facts? Number nine, who owns the corporation reporting the news? That's getting to be simpler all the time. Uh, and ten, finally the last one, what is, being state, is what is being stated violate any of the basic classical logical facilities? Ad hominems, poisoning the well, red herring. Um, he goes on to state a bunch of them, and, and I agree with this as well. Um, if you take apart critically a news story, uh, the red herring, the ad hominems, all the things he stated, and many, many more you can pick out to understand that you're not being delivered an informative thing called news. Anyhow, let's keep moving on down the road. The next one has no name associated with it, but that also might be from Energy. I, I think I remember him talking about this. Your thoughts on sulfur and other chemicals that people put on their skin and hair, such as body soap, body wash, lotions, shampoos, conditioners. Um, ideas concerning IQ-lowering words like Wendy's Big Baconator, designed by the fast food industry as a one-two punch on people's consciousness and physical health. 
I'd like to point out that every drive-through menu discloses the actual quality of their product, offering an item that is number two, when in actuality it's all number two. So let's take this apart for a minute. Um, I, act I absolutely agree that so many of the products that we use, and actually there's been studies that have demonstrated that particularly young girls are very susceptible to having high levels of chemicals because they use more product and they use more makeup. Um, you make a, a comment about sulfur here and then you talk about the Baconator. Um, that's another thing. If you look at the ingredients of the food you're eating, like bacon, um, you're eating nitrates, you're eating sulfur, you're eating all these things that are known poisons. And this will, in my view, lower your IQ, decrease brain function. In other words, you won't be able to think as well as someone who's eating better than you are. And then, of course, to get over to the fast food um, that is mentioned here. If you're eating fast food, you're basically eating poison. Um, that's all there is to it. And if you do it regularly, it's going to reduce your IQ. It's going to reduce your brain function and your health, in my view. And I would point out, not too long ago, I saw a bunch of the fast food commercials were pushing the number four. For those who have followed me, they'll recognize four as the death number. It codes death quite often, 44 quite often encoding death stores. Uh, Popeyes was having a wicked, they had a, a small kid dressed as a witch and it was a wicked something deal, 444. And uh, then I think Wendy's did another play on that, 444. For people who were listening to the earlier comment and learning basic numerology, you should understand when you're looking at fast food and they're advertising with fours, they're basically telling you what their food is doing to you. This is such a crucial comment and such a crucial idea. You know, I can remember back in the 80s, like whenever you went out, someone always smelled like Dracar Noir. Um, it, in the 80s, it was just a thing where all men wore like these men perfumes. And you got to realize these things are all chemicals. And getting back to all those young girls being tested, um, I think a lot of it at the time was coming out of shampoos that was elevating like 17, 18-year-old girls' chemical content in their bodies. Um, we're in a different time now. You know, the, the fewer products you use off the shelf of a grocery store, the better off you're going to be. And flat out, I do not use toothpaste other than Tom's. Tom's is the, uh, I won't brush my damn teeth if I can't get a fluoride-free toothpaste. As a matter of fact, if you pick up a, floor, a toothpaste tube, many of them have a poison control warning. If you actually ingest that product, and yet it's toothpaste, so go figure. Anyhow, don't get me started here. Let's keep moving down the road, but that is a critical, critical thing um, to understand that you know so many of the diseases that are prevalent now are partially driven by spellcraft and ideas convincing people. Uh, cancer is done in this way a lot, but a lot of it has to do with what you ingest, and a lot of it has to do with the chemicals you put on your body. As an example, uh, underarm deodorant terrible, terrible thing. Um, next question comes from Ranger Tex. Here is a link to the December 7th movie Crow was referencing in his last program. Note that the Japanese dive bombers that attacked the airfield at the minute marker 4636 are actually American Douglas TBD Devastator aircraft painted in Japanese livery. Or livery, I guess that would be. In other words, they're American planes painted like Japanese zeros. Fortunately, many of the people have called this movie crap in the comments section. At the time, I'm sure the public soaked it up as real. 
in episode 34, there's a link to this, and it's to the full December 7th movie. And I'm glad Tex posted this. I remember thinking at the time as I watched the fake bombing of the airstrip that's being referenced here, I was wondering in my mind, are those really Japanese zeros? And um, according to Tex, they are not. And I think I saw other comments that shows he knows something about aircraft. Um, if we take this apart, this comment apart, it tells us so much about where we are now. In any given ability in life, when it first begins to happen, there's like baby steps. And as time goes on, whatever that given endeavor is, whoever's doing it gets better at it, better at it, better at it. What we're looking at here was a movie that was made in 42, 43, I've forgotten. Um, early 40s, and it was passed off to the American people as a view of what happened at Pearl Harbor with real combat footage. There was no real combat footage. It was all faked, and that's what's being referenced here. But this was back in the 40s. So if we know that our government and our military were doing this to the American people during wartime just to get them to hate the supposed enemy, what does that tell us about now? all these years later when propaganda and all the things that a government could do to deceive the people are so much further down the road. And uh, thanks for that comment, Ranger Tex. And I would urge everyone, go out and watch the movie December 7th. It is the most offensive load of propaganda you will ever see. And in my view, there is not one shred of real combat anywhere in that supposed documentary. Moving on, the next question is also from Ranger Tex. Question for the show: With respect to your work on the lunar wave, is there any possibility between? Uh, is there any possible correlation between these events to the Book of Enoch, chapters seventy-two and seventy-three? Provides a link. It is way past my own knowledge of the cycles of the moon. I believe Rob Skiba and Zen Garcia may have done some work on this. Your thoughts? Well. I think I'm going to have to give a pass on this one. While I have read the Book of Enoch or parts of the Book of Enoch, it has been a long time, so I can't really intelligently speak to this directly. But I will remind folks, the first and best capture of the lunar wave happened in, in 2012. It happened on September, I think it was 26th. God, it's been so long since I've thought about this. Not the 28th, I think it's the 26th. Um, which happened to coincide with the highest Jewish holiday. And I would remind people that that holiday is derived from a lunar calendar. Um, you know what, I'll go into this more at another time because it, it is so involved. But there is absolutely a reason to consider the lunar wave in a religious manner considering what I just told you in my view. And when I say that, I mean to correlate it back. After all, I had read up on the highest holy holiday, and right now I'm drawing a blank on that too. Is it Yom Kippur? I can't remember. Um, but it is the highest holy holiday for the, for the Jewish people using the lunar calendar. And the idea behind it is getting forgiveness uh, as the finger of God comes down to man, that kind of thing. And, of course, we're right there at the equinox. But anyhow, um, I can't address that any better, not having referenced Enoch recently. The next one comes from Flat Earther. What do you think about audiobooks? I don't watch TV anymore, but I listen to one full novel, novel and audiobook form every day while working a 12-hour shift. I feel like I learn from them and can see the narrative is being pushed. I mostly listen to thrillers and sci-fi. You know... 
reading a book puts you in your higher mind. And while I don't know for sure that listening to it being read to you as in an audiobook form, the point is it's information. Um, if you know how to parse information in an intelligent way, then uh, I think it's a good thing. I mean, let's think of all the things we could be doing working a 12-hour shift. We could be listening to programmed rock and roll music or rap, uh, which we've already demonstrated are not healthy for people, and they have spellcraft and all manner of bad things embedded in them, uh, not to mention the 440 tuning or the death door tuning, as I now call it. Um, yeah, I think uh, there's some real possibility there, particularly if you can get uh, books on, uh, you know, audio books on particular topics. Um, like, you know, it's a good way to maybe learn something about Buddhism or some other religion. Um, I find that it is a very important thing in this life to understand at least a little bit about many religions um, separate from the religion you were brought up in. I think it adds variety to your life and it gives you a wider frame of reference and it also helps to combat the BS that comes out of the television every night that says things like people from a certain religion or certain part of the world are subhuman and animalistic. But anyhow, moving on. The next question comes from CSX Tom. Oh, wait, wait a minute. I guess I'm not figuring that one out. CSXT Tom. I feel like I should be able to decipher that, but I'm not. Anyhow, um, here's the question. I push back against fake news with comments in the Facebook post. Examples include mentioning that Joe Biden looked like Donald Trump, calling out their numbers, and mentioning the wrongs in their reports. I despise Facebook, but it helps to see what others are thinking. I don't put too much out to think I don't put too much out there to let people think I'm crazy. Just some provocative thoughts. I think what I'm hearing here is you're posting and challenging the news. Here's the, here's the issue at hand that I think we're addressing. Nearly the majority of the news, well, not nearly, the majority of the news in my view is false and agenda driven. Um, what's being pointed out here is we can be one of two kinds of people. We can be a person who watches all this going on and don't do too much about it, or we can be a person who speaks up in some way. And so this is a good place to add. If you're a person who likes to make videos, make videos about this stuff. If you're a person who does use social media, make comments. And you don't have to argue with people. You don't have to evangelize. You can simply flatly state that you don't accept that nonsense um, or something of that nature. But as we get in, I think there's going to be a few more uh, ideas on how to address false news. But I think it's a good good thing for everyone listening to, to think about is what kind of a person are you? Are you a person that has it in you to stand up in some way, to comment, to make a video? Um, I know there are people who probably that's not who they are or what they are. So, I mean, you got to be who you are. But if you are a person who can do that, it's a critical time to think about how you might do that, you know, employ some manner of response now to stand up against false news. All right, the next question comes from Ali Katrina. Do you know anything about the Sun Simulator? If so, what are your thoughts? I am aware, and actually people have recently posted some clips about the whole NASA fake star, uh, shoot, what's it called when you, uh, a patent. You know, some people had dug up a patent for a fake sun, and uh, there has been video pumping around for quite a while now where there's images of the sun with a small black dot in it, and someone finally had one where they zoomed in on it. The problem with video like this 
is you can never be certain whether you're looking at untouched video. I've seen enough video where there's a black dot over the sun to start to suspect there's something there. I have said for a long time, right now in my view, the biggest, most important work you could do with optical tools filming the sky is to film the, the sun and particularly film the sun at sunrise and sunset. Um, and this question is kind of the backbone for why I'm saying that. There's something going on with the sun. The sun has been misdescribed to us in the same way this world has, in the same way space has, in the same way the moon has, in my view. Um, one way to start to demonstrate that beyond deductive reasoning and logic is to get out and film. Um, I can't address the sun simulator directly, but I think there's a hell of a good reason to start filming the sun, and I think there's an absolute reason why chemtrails cover it at sunset and sunrise and have been for years. All right, the next question comes from Cause I Says So. Cause he says so? Something like that. Are you a part of the new free speech social media site of All for Truth, which is launching on December 15th, uh, which is tomorrow? Uh, I believe Zach Hubbard has something to do with that. Um, a lot of people have brought this up, and the truth is, is I pretty much just fly solo. I don't surf a lot. I don't look at input from a lot of other people. I try to take things organically around me, logically deduce, and try not to have too much pollution and noise in my mind from media or other sources. I'll be eager to see what they do, and we'll see what their goal, but as it stands right now, I'm just the same loner I've always been. The next question comes from Adamant, or Adamant. I don't know what, I guess that's Adam Ant. <laughs> I'm not sure what it's supposed to be, Adamant. Um, as a millennial growing up with the internet, one thing that has me wondering is how the video gaming industry has exploded as a form of media to put a player in the position of doing the action versus showing the perspective. Thoughts on how this affects the mind. Also, extending to the release of virtual reality this year. Okay, this is actually a pretty good question. For those who don't know, it wasn't too long ago that I did some research on this and was stunned to learn, I think I did it live on the air with Jason um, when he was on one of my shows, that video games actually make more money than motion pictures. And that is a big damn deal and that is a big damn number. Um, video games are going to be probably, mm, as it looks now, the most damaging thing to the generations coming behind me. Um, what they can do with this technology is astounding. And even if we set all that aside and just understood that something like 99% of all violence children are experiencing are coming to them through video games, um, creating a whole new lexicon they never would have used, like kill him, shoot that guy, snipe him, blow him up, that kind of stuff, adding all that negativity into our world. Um, it's going to be probably many times worse than rock and roll and television were on my generation, if I had to guess, and I am guessing. Um, but he also closes this with a, uh, you know, a comment about virtual reality. And I have been talking with my nephew, who's a big gamer, trying to get him to understand what's going on with these games um, so that hopefully he'll make good decisions. But I brought up with him that what's going on now with games is going to be you know, child's play compared to what virtual reality is going to do. You see the addiction of these children to any given game that they're into. When virtual reality hits, 
the world around is going to become a paler version compared to what's being piped in through virtual reality. So these these technologies are massive business, some of the biggest, biggest businesses around right now, and uh, they have the potential to do more damage to a generation than anything I can think of right now. And when we know beyond doubt that the Tavistock Institute declared war on the young generation of the 60s, why wouldn't we consider that this thing that we know all children are wrapped up in is is the next loaded gun pointed at them. Um, absolutely, I think it is. Moving on. Good submission. All right. Uh, let's see. The name is Linux Nuff C. So maybe like Linux Nuff said. Linux Nuff C. Um, I think. I would like to get your perspective on the Antarctica topic. I'm kind of staying away from the flat earth theory side of things only because that's a huge topic and a very interesting one as well, I might add. But best way I can explain what my question is on Antarctica is to take Area 51, for example. That has to be the most talked about, well-publicized, and I quote, top secret base known, known to people. I understand that it may hold a few rabbits, and black hat secrets, but anything truly worth keeping top secret certainly won't be happening there. I agree. It's just a red herring. It's a big official looking decoy. Of course it is. Um, so to get back to Antarctica, with all the secrecy and off-limits access, what do you think they could possibly be doing there? I know it's not to study penguins or polar bears, or have I, like many others, fell for some kind of Airy 51 diversion nonsense? Okay. Uh, let me finish that out. Okay, so the main the main question here is is about Ant Antarctica. Clearly, clearly, beyond the shadow of doubt, um, you know what was it? I think they started with forty seven nations guarding that coast, so no one could go there. I think it's up to fifty some. God, someone was just talking with me about this fifty three or fifty eight. I don't know. There's fifty some nations, uh, all in concert guarding this, so no one can go there. Um, all the names of the place, which is always another tell, are named after kings and royalty and special families, this kind of thing. And this, this part of our world seems to be the linchpin in beginning to understand a truer definition of the world we live on. Whether or not you think there's anything to the flat earth argument, whether or not you believe NASA's orbital model, Antarctica is key, so key. And he makes a very crucial point here. Area 15, 51 was just a red herring. Because if it was truly doing secret things, it wouldn't have been known by anybody. And it sure as heck wouldn't have been putting things in plain sight. And of course we know what's that guy's name who came out on the the news out there. Uh, I can't think of his name. The, the UFO guy. The nonsense actor. Um, Lazar. You know, then they put up this nonsense and uh, tie it to the Las, Las Vegas news. Uh, it's all silliness. Of course it is. And I'm so happy that you recognized that that's silliness for the right reasons. And I'm also so happy that this question recognizes the fact that we cannot go to a place called Antarctica tells you really just about everything you need to know. In my view, Antarctica will be, if not the apex keystone in figuring out what this world is, it is certainly going to play a huge role. All right, next question. 
comes from so much for snow. Hi Crow, I have a question for you. The city I live in the city I live in recently demolished the tolls on the highway and have a pay by plate system where they mail a bill to me. Okay, so I get it. So they're automatically scanning cars. They have had Easy Pass Transponder available for free for many years now, but I have always opted out. Now with the tolls gone, the fee the fee without a transponder is more than double than it was when you paid cash. I really don't want to get the Easy Pass Transponder. I know that since they are giving it out free, I am the product, and you are absolutely right. You are the product. They're data mining you. I don't want them to have the data. They will have to get some data. They will have to get some data, though, because now I am forced to log into their system to pay the invoice for the license plate. Either way, it seems like they're, they're going to get their data and their money. What do you think? Do you use the EasyPass transponder? I'm in Massachusetts, so you're close to me. And what you're, what you're pointing out here is the frog and boiling water method of getting crap done that the people don't want done. They did the same thing with drones in San Diego. San Diego did not want drones, so of course they used sharks and the lifeguards to get drones in the air. They said, oh, these noble men, and they are noble men and women out there guarding lives. That's truly what they do. I've seen them do it. It's amazing to watch these human beings save lives in surf that would drown a normal person. Um, but they took their drones, gave them to the lifeguard, and said, now you got to guard for sharks with these drones. Well, first of all, there's never been a shark problem in San Diego. I lived there my whole life. That is complete BS. Um, so you can see what they did there to get their drones in the air. And this is the frog in boiling water. First, it's to guard the people from sharks, even though the shark thing is a lie. Same thing is going on here with the Easy Pass. And you can always always know what's going on when if they're offering you a free device like a lot of uh, insurance companies are doing this now if you plug their device into your cigarette lighter in your car and let them monitor you get a better deal and of course you don't want to do this because you don't want your data taken so they're charging you double so you can see what's going on here i would begin to question the legality of charging someone double and i would also begin to question legality of data collection in this way um, I'm not sure how to answer that. It's going to be a personal choice. If it was me, I would probably start to go for the roots of the argument, like, is this even legal? Is there totally, even if for some reason they pass laws, is it ethically wrong what they're doing? That's, I think, where I would go at it. Um, and, of course, you can always call places and tell them you don't dig it, you don't appreciate it. Um, you could even organize a community if you wanted to do so. But, you know, that's a personal choice. And I'll tell you what, the devil's in those detail, details. I mean, you draw a picture where there really is no good choice, is there? They're going to get you coming or they're going to get you going. They're going to get your data or they're going to get your money doubled. So, sorry to hear that, man. And I'm right next door to you in Rhode Island. So, I would not be surprised to see that come here. All right, the next question comes from Zombie Logic. Be very careful with this legal stuff. I'm sure at this point that, redep that redemption does not work. The straw man is indeed a thing, but there is some misunderstanding there. All right, so people understand he's referring to when you're born, there's a corporation set up in your name, which is why on all legal documents you see your name written in uppercase letters. That is the straw man he's referring to. 
All right, let me catch up here. There is some misunderstanding there. Your name is yours, but the straw man is the intellectual property of the United States Corporation. All right, to interject again, the United States of America is not the United States. The United States is a corporation, which is why it's the United States Navy, not the United States of America Navy, that kind of thing. Anyhow, to get back to the question, intellectual property of the United States. There is a reason why some of the honest people who try to own their straw man do prison time. Now, I'm going to stop right there and just ask the question, do we know for a fact that any number of people have done prison time? Or did we just get some media scare story? Uh, I would ask if we actually know that's going on. Uh, I don't know the answer. Continuing. As a citizen or a subject of the United States Corporation, you do not have the standing to do this. And if you do, they will come after you eventually. You also cannot claim any rights stated in the Constitution for the same reason. The idea of redemption is basically using the system against the system, but does not solve the problem. Proceed with extreme caution and do loads of research. I think the last part of that sentence is absolutely the best advice anyone could give. Be careful, know what the hell you're doing. But I don't agree with certain parts, parts of what's above. The average person living in this country thinks that there's a constitution, which means they've been led to believe and they've been told their whole life there's a constitution that applies. So I would ask, even if laws have been passed that make what you state here true, it's morally reprehensible. And anything that is morally and ethically reprehensible, I will stand against. I don't give a damn what law is what law. Um, and I would further state that I do own my name and I don't give a damn who, who made a corporation out of it. Because, again, I was never informed that I was being made into a corporation. So this comes down to the sheep and the lion idea in my mind. There's two kinds of people in this world right now. And most of us are sheep. The other kind of people are lions. And they do whatever they want to the sheep. The only way the sheep quit being sheep is when they quit taking crap from the lion. So the idea that we shouldn't stand against this, I don't agree with that. But I do agree wholeheartedly. You better understand what the hell you're getting into. And you better understand what the hell you're doing when you decide to stand up against it. But I will never in this lifetime change my opinion that it is not the adult responsibility of every human being to kick against that wall. That's my point of view. Thanks, Zombie Logic. Good comment. All right, we have another one from Linux Nafsi. Is there any proven way a person can cash in on his or her birth certificate? You know, I've only ever heard hearsay about this. I've heard people claim that it's been done. I don't know. It would be an interesting thing if someone has the time to go out and see if people are pulling that off. I mean, that would be a way to undermine things, wouldn't it? If everyone just started applying to cash out, I if I had to guess, I would imagine it's probably not that easy if it can be done, but I have no idea. Um, be an interesting thing if someone has the time to look into it. The next comment comes from Faye. Where I live, entire city blocks are being felled and replaced by towering glass condos. These new buildings will barely weather the next 50 years. Along with this ruthless demolition comes the loss of community history and much irreplaceable architecture. It is staggering to me, all in the name of growth and progress. I understand the need to house an influx of peoples, but, but the blatant disregard for what has come before and the ease at which it's being eradicated is frightening. Crow, do you have more to add about this? 
And thank you again for such a great podcast. So much appreciated. You know, we, we see these trends, don't we? Um, this is the segmentation of society. You see, if you go to a country like, say, Korea, I actually, when I was a stagehand, I did a show there um, about dinosaurs, of all things, which in my view don't exist. Um, if you took a very ancient tradition society like the Korean, South Koreans, and you decided you were going to go at their diet, their diet, which is, I mean, their worst meal is healthier than our best meal, and I'm not even kidding. It's even color-coded to make sure that you get all these different things your body needs. It's, it's incredible, and, and most of it's fresh, um, mostly not genetically engineered. A lot of it is just really good food. But my point is this. They have an ancient tradition. Now, in the United States, we don't have ancient traditions per se. I mean, if we're told the truth about our history, we go back a couple hundred years. But in that time, we were a melting pot. So actually what happened is we had communities, like there'd be a German community, an Irish community, Italian community. And while they had some tradition, and most of it ended up being peculiar to this country, it doesn't go back very far. And what you're addressing in your comment is an easy way to go at tradition. You see, because tradition becomes a problem for social engineering. In the same way, if you went into South Korea and decided you were going to change their diet, you'd have an uphill battle because the entire community's got, I don't know if it's a thousand years or hundreds of years, whatever the true history is, it's a long time of a dietary tradition, eating kimchi with every meal. That would be a very difficult thing to undermine and undo simply because of the traditional ties to the culture. Now, here in the United States, when you see things like this, what they're doing is they're segmenting and ensuring that there is no real tradition. I mean, what is an American tradition? We, we, we've been told apple pie, hot dogs, and Chevrolet are an American tradition. Well, I would suggest that hot dogs will kill you. Chevrolet is not much of a tradition anymore, and it's certainly not American in the way it used to be. That leaves us with apple pie, and unfortunately, a lot of that's genetically modified. So you can kind of see where my sarcasm goes there. I think what you're seeing is an easy way to socially engineer, segment, and ensure that there's no real traditions that get in the way of social engineering. And again, go look at you know anyone who has been to Chicago and seen some of the incredible architecture that came out of there early 1900s. Same thing in New York. Where are those buildings now? Someone built them with pride took the time to just incredibly design these things, carved stone, and, you know, they're just incredible buildings. And now we live in cubes and rectangles and glass towers, as you point out. So I think it's all part of the social engineering, and I think it's part of the dismantling of the United States of America by the United States. All right. Good question, Faye. Good comment. Um, the next one, did I lose my, no, okay, here I am. Um, the next question comes from Bill Duke. Question for the podcast, also related to fighting back against fake news. Before we can determine a way to combat fake news, we need a definitive way to determine fake news. Okay. So, okay, so what is fake news and how do we know it's fake? All right, so what he's stating here is before we can go at this, we need to have a way to certainly identify it. For instance... At times I follow Jim Stone. I don't know who that is. 
Um, ever since the election, he was presented seemingly incontrovertible evidence that the election should be stolen, and I must say it was almost impossible to refute. Um, okay, uh, I, I don't know whether to stop there and address that or not. I'll, I'll stop there. Any given election can be stolen. Uh, refer back to my comment about the, uh, the Electoral College. That's why it's there, so that any election ever can be stolen. Moving on with the comment. The weeks went on, and as the result of various events, it does look like Trump will take office. God, how old, how long ago was this comment? Um, now I normally take folks like Stone and Alex Jones with a good amount of salt. Uh, I would add there that you should take them straight to the dumpster if Stone is anything like Alex Jones, because Alex Jones is a purveyor of lies um, and social engineering. But... They have their convincing tactics, as does MSM. Again, I would take MSM to the garbage pail, too. Sorry to say, there are times intuition can be used against us, and supposedly valid research findings can be counterfeited. You're absolutely right. Especially in a world of CGI and blue screens. So what's the tell? You know, this is a good question. This is a good comment. I would urge you to reassess Alex Jones and MSM um, you know, think about what we said earlier. Once you've been lied to by one of these outlets, they're done. They are done. The lie is on a scale so unimaginable that you don't even know how many hundreds of millions of people were affected by it. And yet they did it on purpose. But to get back to what's the tell. When you pull yourself away from the Alex Joneses, from MSM, from CNN, from Fox, from newspapers, from any mainstream news source, for about a year... You stop believing that stuff. You stop ingesting that stuff. Your higher adult mind will begin to work. And you will begin to simply be able to hear the ring of truth, or the, excuse me, the absence of the ring of truth. And I know this sounds like a kind of evasive answer, but I've never said truer words in any podcast ever. It is a true thing. I need all of about one sentence to listen to one sentence to detect whether the ring of truth is there. The problem becomes, and I think what you're asking is, what are the details? Well, you see, that's that's the whole problem here. The details are the bear trap. The details are the spider web. The details are where the devil lives, right? Devil's in the details. Um, you have to get to a point where you don't spend your life digesting all these foul, false, lying details to try to determine the authenticity. You have to get your mind to a point where your adult mind begins to work either for the first time or again um, and you simply hear the ring of truth or you do not if you live this way for about a year false news will never fool you again ever ever and uh, on top of that you'll learn not to spend any time on details from any given newscast and I can tell you right now if you get news that went out nationally or across the world it's agenda at best and it's nonsense 90-some percent of the time. There it is, man. A lot of people have trouble with that, but unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Next question comes from Bloodluster11. What do you think about the idea that humans today are less intelligent, domesticated versions of what we used to be? Less likely to think critically for themselves, both genetically and because of control of the system of deception we live in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've done a lot of covering on this. You know, it's a funny thing you see in the movies where you're told, like, oh, back in cowboys' times, they were lucky to, to live to 40 years old. Really? They were drinking pure water. They were drinking 100% organic food. 
and, and eating organic food. Um, how can that be? That's nonsense. And yet this is what we're told to feel better about the situation we're in now. Um, I absolutely, as a matter of fact, I can demonstrate it. Um, I, I don't know if I should go off on this tangent. I'll, I'll just give a couple small examples. I was researching, trying to figure out why Jack the Ripper, that false news story from so long ago that keeps, keeps on giving, um, was so closely associated with H.G. Wells, and I was trying to determine if it was simply because the movie Time After Time or there was something more to it, because over time uh, they'd become, you know, very attached to each other. I was looking at written, handwritten letters from period H.G. Wells was alive, and you see all these people writing in this gorgeous handwritten script. Just you look at it, and it gives you the impression of a high minded person expressing ideas. And then you come to the modern age and look how the rest of us right now. I mean, most of us haven't even written anything for so long because we're on a keyboard, but it's one example of how. What I say all the time is what I, you know, what I view as correct. I, I would, if I had to guess, and this is a guess, educated guess, but nonetheless a guess, I would estimate that roughly three to four generations ago, we were much higher minded than we currently are. And I would mark that at the generation that was first about to be exposed to television. And if you really want to go back a little bit further before Hollywood and movies had hit people, so the early 1900s, um, I think you're going to find a lot of people were higher minded. The big problem is a lot of people weren't as educated as the upper crust. But if you go back and look at the people who were educated in those times and read some of the things they wrote, um, even the books, you know, you will see a higher minded, a higher mindedness to it. So I absolutely do think that we have been de-evolved. Okay, I wanted to save out that audio clip. I get a little nervous when I'm running a single mic and I get up to about 45 minutes. Anyhow, Bloodluster11, uh, who provided the last comment, um, also offers this closing thought. And I think it is really well logicked out, the end part of Bloodluster's comment, because any time that we can take a thing that exists in the world and contrast it and compare it in an allegorical way or other ways, uh, I think there's real value in that. And so let's listen to the last, his closing thoughts. Um, After thousands of years of people believing the most ridiculous religions and only breeding with those who believe the same religions, over time we really have been bred for slavery. The The idiocracy is real, like how dogs are, like how dogs are domesticated like how dogs are a less intelligent domesticated version of wolves who love being controlled, ruled by a master, while the wolf or the lone wolf prefers to live free of human masters. And while you can argue that the well-programmed trained pet dogs do live more comfortable lives, they are domesticated and live very bad lives and are often not taken care of and are helpless strays uh, without a human master. How many dogs do we euthanize each year because they don't have the desired traits, or don't play ball. In that sense, the interbreeding elite must really be a bit different, uh, be a bit of a different species, and might be able to critically think better than we can. Thinking of the goyim or the goy as slaves or pets, if you want to look at it more optimistically, only the most brainwashable people are put in positions of power, given money to reproduce. It's a eugenics program. I will add, eugenics is a real thing, 
And um, on the tail of the Tavistock work I did, I was shocked to see how much documentation and actual organizations and actual names of people we can tie to eugenics. And this is not just a supposed Nazi Germany thing either. No one needs to look any further than the continent of Africa who may well have taken the hardest kick in the groin from eugenics of any other place in this world. Uh, and I would point out, as he was referring to the average you know, slave in society as a goy, um, these very same people have a very dim view of most ethnic groups, particularly African-American or black people. Um, they treat them horribly. They speak about them horribly. You can even see this in the Hollywood system where black people or ethnic people are made to be ridiculous all the time. Eugenics is a real thing. Look at Africa if you want to know more about that. Anyhow, that brings us about to the top of the first hour, and I'm not even halfway through the questions, not even close to halfway through the questions. And there are some doozies, so I hope people will come to Crow777Radio.com for the second, uh, it's probably going to be a good two hours if I had to guess. Um, and also, I would like to mention, I have one potential guest lined up that was very impressed with the rock and roll work done uh, demonstrating how all the early hippie movement and everything was just social engineering and uh, psychological operations. He's taken that a bit further on his own volition, and he's tied it up into punk rock all the way through more modern music. And I talked with him for a while. I may have him on. Also, I'm hoping to get the guy from the Changing Reason YouTube channel. Uh, he has ten tentatively agreed to come on. I have not spoke with him yet. But that would be a very interesting show because there's an individual who has come to conclusions about false news, seemingly pretty much independent of other people having done his own research. I've seen some of the breakdowns he's done um, of his own volition. So there it is. Anyhow, I hope you'll join me at crow 7 radiocom for the second probably two hours. There it is. Cheers. Cheers.